Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Everything was supposed to be different. God had finally heard the cries of his people, and he had responded to their prayers. He had sent a man to come into their midst and declare to them that their deliverance was at hand. That he had come in the name of God, and from that point forward, nothing was ever going to be the same. But now, now they couldn't be so sure. For if everything was supposed to be different, if everything was supposed to be changed, then why does so much look the same? Why does life after the deliverance look so much like that life they struggled through before? There's still pain and suffering. Bodies still ache from hard, despised labor. People still are being injured. People still die. Some have even watched as walls of water came in and washed their neighbors out to sea. Nations still wage war and want to take over their people. They look around and they see people hungry for food. They look and they see people parched for water, just a drop of clean, fresh water to wet their dry, cracked tongue. You. You look around and you can see these people in need. You can look around and see a wilderness of hopelessness barren, marked only by the effects of sin. You could call this place a place without hope. And you see this, even though your life has been transformed. Even though you have been delivered from the domineering hand of slavery, the hand belonging to sin and Satan. You've been delivered, and yet sin and Satan still seem to invade your life. A Savior has come, so why doesn't it look like anything has been saved? Why does everything look so much the same? I thought everything was supposed to be different. I didn't think it was supposed to be this way. But this is the way it is. And it can be very frustrating. For why, after waiting for so long for a Savior, must the people of God be left waiting to receive access to that promised land, the land that was promised to their forefathers, the land God had promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob? Where is this land? Why hasn't the promise been fulfilled? Hasn't God kept his people waiting long enough? Isn't it time for this waiting to finally be over? Israel thought so. And so they began to quarrel with God. They even went so far as to test God 
as they grumbled against their Lord. For if things really hadn't changed for the better in the way they had been promised, then maybe they had to wonder, have things changed for the worse? Maybe, maybe God has abandoned his people and left them alone in the wilderness. Maybe God no longer cares what happens to his people. Maybe God has decided to break his promise with the people and leave them alone in the wilderness to fend for themselves. This is a frightening thought to be lost, wandering in the wilderness of sin with no promise of salvation because the promise has been revoked, with no chance of a better tomorrow. But does this then mean that we give up hope? Does this then mean that they could give up hope, that it is okay to test and quarrel with God or simply to accept the circumstances and begin to embrace life in the wilderness, chasing after every desire you can imagine, simply because things have not changed. So maybe you're still waiting for the Deliverer to come. Absolutely not. For as God said to the Israelites, I will make you my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. As he said this to Israel, so he says to you, you are mine. He has placed his name on each of you and made you one of his people, brought you into his nation and made you a member of that nation. Things are different because you have been brought into the people of God and now, like the people of Israel, you are no longer toiling in one place without any hope of deliverance. Instead, you are a people on the move, moving toward a destination. Yes, you are a people living in the wilderness, but you are a people consuming the life-giving water that graciously flows from the font to quench the unquenchable thirst. You are a people eating food that is graciously and abundantly prepared and placed on the table of the Lord for you. You do this, knowing all the while that the Deliverer has come, and that in this, this in-between time, it's only a temporary place. As he leads you through the wilderness to the new land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the land that is the new creation that he has prepared for his people, the land he has prepared for you. Therefore, we rejoice in our sufferings in the wilderness 
knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, for the hope we have in this wilderness is the hope we find in the promise of the Lord. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.